Blog Talk Radio. about the relationships that people have when it comes to music, and my name, as let's see, is Ian Eisberg, along with me as well is Jay Logan, um, this show is brought to you by the Goldwaters Group, have Lazard Out Records, so let me welcome Jay, hello Jay, how are you today? I'm doing great Ian, um, it's very hot out here, we're having a hot uh, blazing week out here in California, so... Having uh, to have to take an umbrella to keep some of the heat off of me. So that's uh, pretty good. You know, it's been, it's been kind of a cold summer, but now the Indian summer, as we call it, I guess it's starting to take its course. Wow, yeah, it's the Indian summer. It's like the last few days, it's like the last few weeks, we've had all of the issues with the hurricanes here in, in the East Coast. We had the earthquake. There's a lot of damage. There was a lot of rain, and it was something where it didn't feel like it was like killing that humid summer to become this mild fall. But yeah, it's it's not fall yet. It's after we finally have the sun out after a few days of rain, and I mean days, non-stop days of rain, and it is nice. It is warm. It is still summer here, Jay. Wow. Yeah, I heard that. I've been watching out there. I noticed that you had a lot of rain, and I was looking at the uh, U.S. Open, and I see that uh, the rain has stopped some of the guys from playing yesterday. So hopefully it's is it, is it so, is sunny out there now. It's very sunny today. Oh, wow. Well, I guess tennis is on, so we'll get to see some guys play tennis. Um, although yeah, I'll, be watching, I'll be watching the NFL, but, you know, you know New York has the New York well, of Open. Course. You've got tennis, you've got baseball. I mean, the sun's out just in time for the Yankees to go to California. Well, who are you guys playing out here? I hope it's not the A's. <laughs> well, they're playing the Angels this weekend. Yay, stay down there. We always lose to the Yankees. I don't want to play this. <laughs> I guess they're coming up. <laughs> Take our last final. You know, but the A's have been looking good. I think we learned some things from the Yankees. The A's have been looking good. We shut out the... Uh, Seven to zero uh, the other day. We set out the other team, so we, you know, we, this year the A's will continue to reckon with. Yes. So, so on to the show. It's parents, kids, music for another day. We're going to be talking about music. We're going to be talking about children discovering music, and also adults who once were children and the music that they've been listening to. So here, yeah, tell, tell me about this person that you've been that you shared with me about our kid of the week. Kid of the week is 
Hannah Graceman. And everybody's been watching her. Uh, she's been on America's Got Talent. She made the final 10. She's from a great state where we have a partner up there, uh, Black Ice Productions, Alaska. And uh, I, I go to Alaska a lot to visit my partner. And she's from Alaska. And, uh, Alaska. Yeah, and, you know, you know, Alaska's not much to do up in Alaska, but to to you know, get yourself and practice and, 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 and get your craft together. So she's been up there playing the piano and singing, and she's wonderful. She's only like 12 uh, years old, and uh, I've enjoyed her um, for the, uh, the pretty much the whole uh, American Got Talent show and um, contest. And she's went all the way to the top ten, but unfortunately last night uh, they decided, America decided not to keep her on. And uh, that was sad. But, you know, she plays piano, and she can sing. And she has a strong voice, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing her in the future, Anna Graceman. I think she's going to be very, she's going to just be very received by America because she's only 12 now. So as she gets older, look out. Uh, She is a great talent. Excellent. Um, And I know that, I know that we tend to, like, talk a lot about America's Got Talent on this show or that seems to be like about people of the past and the present and I like I, I know that even though you're sad the first and the last I know you, you're very happy that a certain group is still on the show Woohoo! Oh you got that right I am so happy that uh, the group from my hometown Oakland, California the San Francisco Bay Area Pop Lives they made it to the top final four and well, Ian, I'm just amazed, you know, I'm so happy and overjoyed. These kids have been in Oakland, they work so hard out here. I've seen them a couple of times. Um, I had them run through one of my friends' uh, motorhome, and all of them, we let them use our motorhome, and all of them were running in our motorhome, um, the guitar player, and they're just wonderful kids. Um, some of them are the, the sons of uh, our uh, Tony 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 group out here from Oakland, um, and... Um, uh, Mr. Wiggins, Dwayne uh, Wiggins, his son is the keyboard player, and he's a friend of mine. And I am so happy. Um, they made the Final Four. America put them on the map. They're from Oakland. It's like a, so positive because there's a lot of things in Oakland that the kids out here are going through. And just to see some positive kids finally get a chance and an opportunity to show other kids what they're doing and being role models for other kids and and bringing back the old school music, I really appreciate uh, America voting for them. And they have made the Final Four. So you guys can go out and learn more about Pop Life if you go to their website, poplife.com. They remind me, Ian, of the new Sly and the Family Stones, who are from Oakland and East Bay area, uh, San Francisco area also. So they are the new Sly and the Family Stones. And uh, I'm just so happy and elated and proud. Proud to be be out here in California and have a group that made the top four. That is, that, that is amazing. I congratulate your entire hometown, your home base of Oakland, California for that. Because I know that, I know I personally have not been watching America's Got Talent or Buddy, most reality shows the last few years. I used to. I remember watching America's Got Talent in its first few years when they had Regis as the host. But to see if the show has evolved and has brought... And interesting how you have live television has brought 
just new talent, and I'm not just using it as a pawn into into the living rooms and has created stars and has created success. And all I could say is congratulations to Pop Life up, up to this point, and I'm sure Jay will Jay will have keep us posted on future shows. Oh yeah, so, I'll Jay, keep you posted. Excellent. And we're looking forward to it. And Jay, I'm, I'm Jay. Are you ready for our first guest, our guest today? Yes. Yes, I'm ready for him. Excellent. All right. All right, you're on. Hey, can, welcome, Sarah's Kids Music. And can you hear us? Hello. Hello. Hello, Ian. Are you there? Yeah, this is Ian here in New York. I'm an, an introduce um, Let me introduce you to Jay out in California. What's going on, Jay? My name is Ogby. How's it going? Hi, Ogby. Uh, it's going great, and uh, you sound great, and it's a pleasure to have you on our show. So happy that you joined us. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'm excited to to be on this. Actually, Ogby, I know that you've been listening on into the first half. Like, um, do you watch America's Got Talent or any reality television, at least in terms of no, music? Uh, it's been a long time since I've watched those shows. I mean, everyone comes and watched, uh, you know, everyone kind of watches American Idol, and my roommates are all about that, so I see it every now and then. But uh, most of those talent shows, I, I kind of, I, I never really get get home in time to watch them. That that's fair enough. So, 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 what is the kinds of music that you do listen to, and like, where, and how have you been exposed to this? I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah, so so what kind of music do you listen to, and um, how do you find out about it? Where do you, how have you been exposed to music um, as an adult and even as a child? Oh, wow. Well, I guess the, my evolution in, in the music world has kind of changed as I've grown up. Um, you know, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time, obviously, with my parents, so I kind of listened to what they listened to, and my mom was a big uh, Celine Dion fan, and she was way into meatloaf and both my parents really like Elvis, so I think he was, like, a big inspiration for me. Um, and growing up, I, I got into playing music, um, so I played the drums and kind of hanging out with the kids in the band, um, especially in the in that section. You know, everyone kind of started listening to a lot of rock and roll and punk rock and, you know, heavier music, and sort of my, my music taste evolved with the groups I was hanging out with. Um, so I guess now um, I kind of just follow a lot of my... You know, like a lot of my favorite bands, bands that they play shows with. Um, you know, I usually kind of trust your your favorite bands. You trust their taste in music. So anyone they'll play a show with is usually pretty good. So I usually give them a chance. And you know, most of most of the time it's word of mouth. Now, you know, if somebody recommends something to me, I definitely give it a, a shot or two. What bands are you listening to now that you actually would go out? then download or purchase their music? Is there a certain band that you that you listen to that you like right now? That you oh, man, there, there's a whole, yeah, there's a whole bunch. I mean, I, I like a lot of the staples. Like, I, um, I grew up listening to Taking Back Sunday since, like, their first record, and, you know, every time they put out a new record, I'll always go out and listen to it. Um, one of my favorites now is this band called Lydia. They actually broke up last summer, um, and did their farewell tour, and that was probably one of the best shows I've ever been to. And this summer they're they're putting out a new record, 
and going on another tour, which is really cool. But uh, unfortunately, the band, I think, is still split up. They just had some music that they wanted to put out. So uh, they're keeping the fans happy, I guess. But we'd like to see them play more music for sure. And do do you play music yourself? Do you do you play any instrument? Yeah, I um I grew up playing the drums. I played in like the concert band. I played a lot of jazz music, um, you know, for like eight years in my high school. Once I got to college I kinda lost that part of my life. I, I didn't really have time for it. I couldn't bring my drum kit to my dorm room at school, so um I never ended up pursuing it past high school, but um, you know, casually with my friends you know, they they all play music, so we can go into one of their houses and just kind of get together and jam and hang out and kind of have a good time and fool around. Okay, okay. So, so, so you so you have played you you have played jazz. Is that what you're saying? You you were playing jazz. Yeah, I played. Yeah, I played a lot of jazz in high school. Um, since I guess you know seventh through twelfth grade, um, I was in junior high band for 7th and 8th, and high school band for 8th through 12th, so um, I did a lot of jazz. I played a lot of jazz. Is jazz something that you like? Uh... Uh, you know what? I, I don't I don't listen to it actively, but I really liked performing, and it was a lot more about the feel of the music, and every performance was very different. You know, we could go from a rehearsal where everyone was very cold, and then as soon as you go out in front of a crowd, the whole band reacts differently, and it's a, it's a lot more about feeling the music rather than, you know, a more structured, you know, pop song or, you know, a rock and roll song, which kind of has its 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 format and structure uh, that has to be followed a lot more rigorously. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about this Lydia band. Um, I want to know a little bit about them. Uh, why you like? Why did you like them? Did you go see them, or did you go to a concert with a friend, or? Um, Yeah, Yeah, so they're sort of like an indie rock band. Um, They're based out of Arizona. Um, I I don't really know how I started listening to them. It was probably one of my friends, you know, gave me the CD and was like, you should listen to this band. They're great. Um, But whatever, whatever the first time I listened to them was, I was hooked ever since. You know, they have a very kind of mellow sound, um, very kind of... I don't want to say happy, but very uplifting lyrics and just the tone of all their music just kind of makes you feel better. Whenever you're down, you can pop in that CD, and I know it's always going to make me feel better. So they, they, have they got back together? Did they return from the hiatus? Or what's going on with them? Uh, yeah, well, two of the members of the, yeah, two of the members of the band um, decided they wanted to keep pursuing music, um, so they're actually putting out a new record. Um, I'm still waiting for the announcement. I, I follow their Twitter, so uh, I'll be the first one to let you know when it comes out. But uh, um, I know they're putting out a new record probably in the next month or so, um, and then they're going on a tour. I actually already bought the tickets. Um, they're playing at, in Hoboken on uh, October 23rd. So they're definitely doing like a nationwide tour, and it's really exciting to see them come out again because the last show, the first show I saw them out, and, and the last show was, was amazing. And, uh, it was really sad to to hear them say that they were breaking up, but it's nice to see them getting back out there and playing some more shows for us. What, what's the age group of the band? Um, are they a four piece? And are they a four piece band? A rhythm section? What, what's the uh, format there? Um, they used to be. Let's see. I guess it was five of them. There was a, a lead singer who also played guitar, um, a guitarist and bassist, 
drummer and then another vocalist. Um, and they also have a lot of like effects and um, sort of like sequence stuff. So there's some guy in the back that puts on, uh, you know, like different <laughs> loop, loop tracks and stuff. So, um, but now, you know, the, the second singer was a girl. I think she actually dated the lead singer. Um, but she, she separated from the group before their last tour. Um, so it ended up being a four piece when we saw them. Um, and then just the drummer and the singer stuck around. So I'm not really sure what the, what the format is going to be for this next show. Um, hopefully it's, it's going to be a full band rather than a lot of, uh, sort of played parts, uh, from the recordings. Okay. I, w- I wanted to move back into the history. You said your mom was a fan of Celine Dion. listening to my mom's music were uh, well before I had my own taste in music. So it was kind of like, I was the youngest of five kids. Um, I grew up in a, in a big household. My grandfather lived with us. So rarely was I the one who was picking the music that was being listened to. So I kind of listened to what everyone else, else listened to, but I spent a lot of time with my mother going to, you know, soccer practices for all my, my family. Um, and she loved Celine Dion. She's a very talented singer, but I can't say she's one of my favorite artists. Uh, but, you know, my mom really loved Stevie Nicks and, and Meatloaf, and I, I really got into Meatloaf, and, um, you know, I kind of I lost my way with that, but uh, I really liked them at the time, and, you know, definitely Elvis Presley was, like, a big one that both of my parents liked, and my father even used to dress like him for a while. So. Okay. That, that's she's, she's real best, because going from Celine Dion to Meatloaf, yeah, she has a, a wide uh, array of, uh, of different styles of music because that's totally. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Totally I, I've listened. To, yeah, I've listened to everything from you know soft, soft rock to heavy metal and death metal music. Um, so some music kind of tickles my fancy a little more than others, but I definitely have an appreciation for all of it. Uh, you know, just having been a, having been a musician and around you know, a lot of talented musicians in my life. Uh whether it's my cup of tea or not, I can I can appreciate the talent. So did your dad uh start you on the drums or did your mom or what made you pick the drums up and what what made you do that? The jet did the school put your jazz band one one? How did that happen? Uh yeah, well I actually I picked up the drums, you know, in I guess at the end of elementary school. Um it just seemed I liked music, um, and it seemed like something I, I could be good at. Um, and my older brother played the drums, so I had him to, like, look to it if I needed help. So um, it kind of started off real slow with that. And then in junior high, I, I just I, I got my first drum set and kind of never looked back. And at my school, we didn't have, you know, a rock group that I could have joined. And I wasn't very good at creating music um, in that sense, like writing my own drum beats and all that stuff. Um, so I, I ended up picking up jazz music and, you know, they, they give you sheet music in, in the ensemble at my school and, you know, you kind of follow it for the structure of the song, but at the end of the day, it's how you feel and how, how the performance goes. You get to change up your style a little bit, um, different accents here or there, it depends. And, you know, you can kind of play with the crowd, which is cool. Wow. So did you? I was wondering, did you listen to any other drummers like Jack Deacon, Matt, or any jazz drummers, Art Blakely, or any? Did you, I mean, do you have any favorite ones that you would? I mean, I mean, whoever, did you have any uh, drummers that you could share that you uh, 
pretty much liked or impressed by or um, you know what? I didn't I didn't follow jazz music um, that closely to really pick a, a favorite drummer. Um, you know, I, for me, I paid a lot more attention to, to the music I was listening. What's that? Doesn't have to be jazz. It doesn't have to be jazz. I'm just in general. Okay. Like any yeah, drummer, I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Growing up, um, I really, I really liked um, the drummer from Green Day. Uh, he was one of my favorites. Okay. Um, Travis Barker, when he joined Blink One Eight Two, he's he's amazing. Um, there's a guy, Aaron Gillespie, who used to play for this uh, heavy metal band called Under Oath. Um, he started another project where he's a singer now called the Almost. Um, you know, so I followed a lot of a lot of more you know modern day rock and roll drummers, which is interesting considering my my experience playing music. Um, but, you know, those guys just had a great presence and a very interesting style about them uh, for, for a very kind of generic style of music. Well, it's funny because uh, the drummer for Green Day, he's from my area. I met him before, uh, right before they made it, right before they got their deal, you know, Trey Cool, and uh, he's always been a wonderful, had a wonderful attitude. We were in the music store one yeah. day, and I was, I was moving to South Dakota, and I met him, and we were talking, and I'm just letting you know, I love the drummer from Green Day. He he has mm-hmm. a great attitude. He's not big-headed, and he's just a wonderful guy. If you ever meet him, you're going to know his name. He hasn't changed since. Down the road, now. That's awesome. So that's good that you, you like him. I like him, too. And uh, Are you still playing drums now? Uh, I don't play too much. I, you know, I actually have uh, my practice pad and my stick bag sitting right next to my bed, but uh, I don't really break them out too often. Uh, you know, every now and then we'll go to a friend's house and kind of jam out a little bit, but never anything beyond just kind of having a good time. So, so what are you listening to? Do you have you, you own any technology like an iPad or any iPod or any of that stuff? Oh uh, man, I have a. Uh, I have an I have an iPhone uh, and an iPod, which I don't use too much. But uh, uh, I just recently started using Spotify at work. Um, it's kind of I, I like to think of it as the pirate's best friend because um, you can kind of download any any CD to preview um, for free, and then I'd imagine pirates hate downloading music to find out that they don't like it, uh, just for the the waste of time and and uh, stealing space on their hard drive. So it's like you get to preview it, and uh-huh. then if you want it, yeah, you can go steal it. Not that I'm like, have you been using the pro version of Spotify or the free version? Uh, I've been using the free version only because I have a lot of music on my phone, and I don't really – I can't justify the cost of having playlists available to me on my iPhone because I can do that on my own phone. I agree. Like at the $10 a month price point, it's something where apparently people are paying for it, but it's just something where it's not. I think that for the mobile, that that they that it could be cheaper, or having even like let's say a five dollar version that has that has like a fewer features than the full version. Yeah, exactly. My roommate actually, when it first came out, she was the first one I think <laughs> to to sign up for the paid version because she didn't want to wait for her, uh, you know, her free license. Uh, so she ended up signing up to pay for it, and I'm not sure if she still subscribes to it, uh, but she she swore by it, and that's kind of what what gave me the push to give it a try. Because otherwise, it's you know, I, it's hard to see what the difference is between that and you know, say Pandora or Last FM. It's easy to find whatever song you want to listen to for free, or even YouTube. 
or even YouTube, exactly. You could just sit there and listen to YouTube videos. And I do that a lot because there's a lot of songs. Um, like, for instance, Lydia, that band that we were talking about, um, they only have one of their records is released on Spotify. Um, it seems like only certain record labels uh, have partnered with them. Uh, so you can't get everything there, which, uh, which is kind of a pain. But, you know, I definitely go to YouTube a lot, um, especially for, you know, very specific songs or versions of songs. Yes. I'm, is there any physical media that you still own? Like I know that personally with me, like I've, I can't even tell you the last time I actually bought an actual CD. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still own some CDs. My roommate has a lot of them, um, but it's it's not really a medium that I use too often. I don't even have a, a working CD player in my car, uh, so I always have my phone with me. Um, which always has music on it. Um, pretty much the only time I'll buy a physical CD is when it's a friend of mine. Uh, you know, I have a lot of friends in bands, so if I go to one of their shows and they just got their CDs pressed, I'll always buy one of their CDs. Um, definitely like to support um, a lot of the little guys. That's good. It's interesting uh, you know, how it's turned that around that way. What's that? No, that's good to know that because, you know, like, you know, CDs are be, they're kind of be, becoming disposable, I guess, Ian, which is saying that you just buy them to support the band and you, you, you upload them to your whatever uh, computer and then, therefore, it's in the way at the house because you need the space. Is that what's happening with yes. the CDs? Uh, <laughs> yeah, CDs have been, become, you know, drink coasters. Or the wow. cases, or even the artwork, and just everything that was everything that was just important. Like I'm actually like my parents have like there's like this whole all these racks of just CD cases, not the actual CDs. <laughs> like the CDs themselves have probably all disappeared, but there's just all these empty CD cases. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of times, you know. People buy CDs specifically for the artwork. Um, a lot of bands, you know, really focus on that as a, a big offering for their CDs, um, having really cool album artwork. Um, there's a band, May, they released um, an album called The Everglow, um, and that CD was actually, it, it felt like a book on tape. You would listen, the intro to the CD um, would tell you to, to follow through on the, the lyrics insert, and each song had a different page. And on that page, there was a different picture that was was sort of like the artwork for that song. Uh, so, so a lot of bands will use the CDs to to sort of distribute the special artwork, um, and people will will buy for that. But I think uh, CDs are kind of going going out, um, especially as a lot of cars start integrating iPod connectors and you know MP3 capabilities, or you can just throw in your thumb drive and some in some uh, some cars and just play directly through that. So I don't think we'll see CDs around too much, especially with the cost of actually printing them. Although I wow. I do see the mar I see like another big market for CDs today are are the older generation, those people who are not going to go onto computers. It's like change justification that CBS is still the number one network on TV because. They're, they're, they cater to an audience that actually still watches TV when it's scheduled and and therefore the advertising. Right. So it's one of those things where, yeah, it's dying out. Like, new, newer generations are discovering their music online. 
But it's just weird, just kind of like the oil industry. Like, like, like we haven't run out of petroleum yet, even though there are <laughs> other options. Right. Yes. So, um, so um, Jay, you have any other final questions? I oh, yeah, I just like to see. I wanted to know like the next concert he's going to see his boys, and uh, I want to know how much is how much were the tickets the the Lydia show the tickets with all the fees came out to fifteen bucks. The show's actually at Mac, Maxwell's, um, which is on like tenth and Washington in Hoboken. Um, mm-hmm. So that that show is October twenty third, um, which is a Sunday, I believe. Um, but fifteen bucks that's a pretty a pretty great deal for for one of my favorite bands. <laughs> wow, ticket prices sure have gone down. That's wonderful. I mean, that's how it should be. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it's not it's not like a stadium uh, show, you know. Um, I know this this record label fueled by ramen, which is very big into the pop punk sort of like I, I hate to use the the term, but emo scene. Um, uh, and and they just put on a show at uh, at Terminal Five, and those tickets were like fifty bucks each, um, which Eesh. yeah. But you know, you have bands like yeah. Paramore who is on the Twilight soundtrack, so everyone will everyone will totally pay those prices. What's the fish tickets like, Ian? Well, you know, they're probably one of the bands. I mean, in terms of like bands that like do like play the major venues, they're someone who tends to be on the lower scale. Like the majority of the shows have been fifty to sixty bucks. I know that this benefit they're doing in Vermont next week is. Like the tickets are at seventy five, which they even admittedly say is high for them, but a lot of it is also because of the high cost of just putting up a spontaneous last minute benefit concert where all the money goes to charity. But yeah, you like you see concerts where you'll see tickets that start like in the in the eighties or nineties or even like over a hundred for nosebleed seats. So it's Okay. Like I don't I know I've always said, like, we're at a time where you see the simultaneous, like, trends going on, where it's you have this huge, giant abundance of music, but at the same time, you also still see these, these, these the legacy artists charging just these huge, huge ticket prices, and in the most part, because that's the market, and people are willing to pay those high prices. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there's a balance between between a lot of it is about are you selling are you selling your tickets or any product to the highest bidder or to the biggest fans? Okay. Well, I have one final question for Andy. I wanted to ask him about his brother because you know we always like to know about his brother. Your brother helped you with your drumming, but did you ever go to any concerts or anything with him that's coming up? Is he, is he your older brother or younger brother? Those, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's an older brother of mine. He actually um, he dropped drumming after a couple of years. He kind of got more into sports, so uh, I was able to kind of look up to him for a couple of years and then had to, to follow my sort of professional idol. <laughs> okay. But did you ever go to any concerts with him? Or go out, go out with him and hang out? Or he was like, "You're too small, work, stay home. You can't come hang out with me, bro." How does that work? 
no, it was never it was never really like that. I feel like our schedules didn't didn't really line up because um, we we were all playing sports all year round, so it was very hard to kind of line up and be able to go to the same shows. But uh, you know, as I got older and stopped doing that, and uh, you know, I definitely have gone to some shows with with my older brother, and um, you know, so it's always a good time. They never didn't let me go. It just never really worked out that way. Any meatloaf shows and Celine Dion shows with moms? Did mom ever? Oh. Yeah. oh man, no! I wish I wish I went to a meatloaf show with her. She actually just <laughs> she actually just missed my birthday to go see Stevie Nicks, and I gave her a free pass because, you know, how often wow. do you get to see Stevie Nicks? No, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's my final question, Ian. I just wanted to know because it's all about parents, kids, and music, and I wanted to know. If he shared any time with his mom, but he just gave her a pass, and I know she loved that. I would love to see Stevie Nicks. So if you give me more, let Ian know. I'll be glad. I'll take it off your hands with no problem. <laughs> Ian, are you still there? Or? Uh, I think, yeah, I think we got cut out a little bit, but uh, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, man, um, um, that's great that you shared that with your mom. I know did she uh, was she happy when you gave her that ticket, or how did that turn out when you get when she got home? Did she enjoy the show? Oh, uh, yeah, she definitely definitely really enjoyed the show. She made sure to text me in the middle and wish me a happy birthday again. <laughs> but uh, she definitely enjoyed it, and you know, I know uh, I know she loves Stevie Nicks and you know everything she's ever done. So uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice little treat to give her. Wow. So, um, well, do you have any parting words on which you think the future of music is going to go um, from here? Because, you know, you know, stuff is changing, and um, I wanted to know um, where's the future with you. But how do you think this thing is going to go? Because music is almost free. You look at the downloads, you download all this stuff. Yeah. Pirate, yeah. What I mean, I think. think uh... I think the the industry is changing a lot. Um, you know, I, I think we'll see CDs completely disappear. Uh, records will probably still be around because I even have friends my age who still buy vinyls. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely a sound you can't recreate. Um, you know, but the industry is definitely changing, and um, it'll be interesting to see how how pirating affects affects record labels and. You know, I guess you can see it now, but I think long term we're gonna we're gonna see some, some yeah. big changes with that. Um, but I, I, if that's the case, I think we might see shows getting a lot more expensive because that's where the bands have to make their money if people aren't buying their CDs. Well, yeah, I do right. apologize. I stepped out, but yeah, I certainly do see a future where where it is a difference and it's certainly not what it was prior to the year 2000 where record labels have this physical product they put a price on it they keep on raising the price every year that's over right uh, yeah it's definitely going to be go ahead no I'm saying yes a lot of people my friends have lost their jobs because uh, their companies can't afford to keep them so high salaries anymore so uh, a lot of people are uh, unemployed. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of people. That... <laughs> Hello? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so I agree. We 
thank you for joining us today and just sharing your insights on just like on the personal level and where you see it is today. And we thank you very much. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Excellent. All right, thank you, and you have a good day. And once again, thank you. <laughs> thanks. Same to you guys. Okay. Bye. And Jay, wasn't that a wasn't Agdi great? Yes, Agdi was great. Uh, he, he, I mean, we learned a lot too. You know how the young people are using these disposable CDs now, which they don't need anymore. They just upload them and toss them, pretty much, or make them into coasters, which is right. New. Or just the idea that it's that it's like the product is no longer like the big made big thing that you, you must get the CD the day it comes out because you can download it. But when you have the smaller artists, the, let's say, quote-unquote, unknown artist, that having that physical thing can be there. Like the idea that people have CD collections of only independent artists, that the, the, like the major artists, they don't need that. You don't need to get the new album from, from an artist on CD, you can download the album, or even like with Spotify, just listen to it for free. That, no, I like, like that. that when yeah. He, yeah, I like that with the Spotify thing when he said that he listened to it for free. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. So you have the choice and you're empowered to support the artist or not. And that, that's yeah. that pretty much. And also, also, I know that I've I've read blog posts from independent musicians. You have actually, the very first guest we had on our show, his name is David, um, over a year ago, he he's from Oklahoma. He, um, James, if you remember him, he's the lead singer of a band called Dr. Pants. And wow. He wrote, a, he wrote about, he wrote about how, well, the issues of Spotify is that the streams, like, don't pay much. The artists don't get much money from somebody just going to Spotify and pressing play on one of their songs. So it's in terms of compensation for for artists and for music isn't necessarily about making music. I mean, that actually that makes sense. It isn't necessarily what's going to pay the bills. The idea that we be, I mean, Jay, I mean, you're a producer. You spend so much time in studios and just how much money that it costs to produce an album. Well, these days it, it costs, yeah, it, it, you're going to spend $10,000 on pretty much. And will you get that $10,000 back? Hmm. Is it going to be from selling the album? Selling, I mean, selling that actual recording, that's the question. Is that where it comes from? Or is it? Or does it need to be from somewhere else? Well, it needs to be a couple of places. Uh, it needs to be live performance. It needs to be selling the album. It needs to be selling T-shirts and things like that. And it also needs to be trying to take some of the songs and get them placed in movies. After you got the album, the placement for some of your material. 
And you've got movies. Also, you've, you've got, got TV commercials. Commercials for TV. you got to do other things. you got to be more creative now. You can't just uh, make an album and expect the whole world to love you. It's not, it's not that. And people have to get around you, rallying behind you. I mean, it's the bottom line. They have to love you. they got to give you their 10 or $20. I, I want this group to continue. I want Fish to continue. I want to go see them because I enjoy going to see Fish concerts, and I don't want that to ever die. So I got to be kind of like a church, you know. If you want the church and the pastor to stay, you know, stay around, you're going to have to contribute to the church. And it's the same thing. This is how our groups live now. The church, the church of music. And that's the church there of are music. Like, and there are hundreds of tens of thousands of churches. Some of them, some of them may have. Some of them are just these unknown bands, and they may use the traditional old media to get to the top or not. Like, I think one of the biggest winners of the digital world is is actually the old artists, the ones that were there before the internet gave people infinite choices. Back when there were fewer. Like there were still people that 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 made it big when they when there were fewer choices, and that they still have the ability to stand out when they're competing against tens of thousands of people who have uploaded their videos to YouTube. Exactly. Uh, like I mean, it's like one of those things. Like, like if the Beatles were were around today, or let's say. Let's say that if YouTube and Spotify and illegal file sharing and iTunes existed in the 1960s, would the Beatles be the Beatles? Well, you know, I I would say yes because uh, those Beatles songs are great. <laughs> I I 100% agree. But what but what if they but what if the competition was an even or it's like an even playing field? I mean. There are so many of the great well, artists are great because they're great. But you also have a lot of artists that have just been successful and have been have existed for decades because they were the ones that were lucky to be signed to a record label at that time. They were the ones that were given national and international exposure before someone could self-produce. Right, and that's not fair either because some, like, in other words, you said manufacturing groups that were manufactured to be big hits and they actually didn't uh, pay the dues to actually go out there and grab their audience and get a big audience and get the support. And, and, and that was all it was, you know. The, the red companies made these groups. Some groups are manufactured. Uh, and now, you know, but those groups usually don't have staying power and they usually are not around because they don't have the passion or you, or you have like a lot of the gimmicks, like I know probably, I mean for example, you've got, you had famously, you had Sir Mix a lot. Maybe got back. It's I know we've talked about on the show before that it's like the one hit wonders that you do have a one hit wonder and it's great and there are people that will be remembered for that song. There are people with the staying power. There are people that are not with that staying power. It's just weird just to think, like, you can watch on any of these celebrity shows, like the Celebrity Rehabs or Dancing with Stars, where 
you've got someone who was famous before the internet and they're allowed to keep their fame because they're already well known. So, Jay, what's next? That's the real question. What is next? Is Jay here? Is Jay not here? We will find out. Hold on. Looks like looks like Jay was accidentally booted off. Hello, Jay. Hi, welcome back, Jay. Yes, I, I was I was answering the question. You're absolutely right. If you a lot of the groups are manufactured back then. Those groups would have a problem right now because they're manufactured by industry. And my thing is that right now, today, in today's market, I have a thing called stickability. If you can't stick and stand together as a group, you're not going to make it in today's market. So that's why you see all these smaller groups being successful because their families kind of stick together and get their following. They don't need a big machine to uh, make it possible. They have a following, and they have a cult. Kind of like the uh, Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead, they prove that you don't need you don't need the big machine. You can do it without the hit record. You can do it without the hit song. You can do it without the record companies telling you what to do. Uh, I admire the Grateful Dead for that. They lasted yeah. just, they lasted a long time, you know, without having all yeah. the bells and whistles. Yes, and one one thing that was very fascinating I read over the last few weeks is that Pearl Jam back in the '90s, before they before they became famous and huge, they actually studied the Grateful Dead's touring model before they really like went out on the road and built their system. And Pearl Jam is certainly not the Grateful Dead in terms of in terms of the exposure and the type of music. I mean, they're a rock band, but in terms of, like, Pearl Jam is a band that's had radio hits and from day one, but their their fan club is probably one of, like, the most successful fan clubs, like, where almost throughout their history, like, their fans had guaranteed the good seats and that they would just continue to tour and just even like on structure on not playing the same set every night and not repeating songs over a period of a number of shows. Yes, the Grateful Dead has a model that has worked with people that do have the big hits and don't have the big hits. And and I remember like, Back in the mid-90s, like I know a few weeks ago when we had our show with Tyler, where we had, like on the anniversary of Jerry Garcia's death, just talking about just exactly what we were mentioning. I'll be honest, I just got exactly, I just fell out of my train of thought. But yeah, there's a lot of what's next. What is that, Jay? Oh no, I was, I, I, I was just, I was, you know, you mentioned Pearl Jam, and I know they're from Seattle, and um, um, they were corporate type of passing in on a ton of rock explosion at first, and then now they're totally against all of the mainstream, and they've 
basically spending the last uh, 10 years messing up their own fame or tearing apart their own stuff, you know. So that's kind of different. They're going, like, backwards from where they came from. First, they were all about the mainstream and and uh, corporate cash, and now, now more grassrooted, they kind of realize that they had to be homegrown. So that's a strange, you know, because they came from, you know, that big ton of the rock thing explosion, and then now they're like, they want to be like uh, the other who's more grassroots. <laughs> so, but, you, but you know what? It's one of those things where, I mean, they're a band that has had staying power from that era. You had band. Right. I mean, obviously Nirvana lasted, didn't last long because Kurt Cobain disappeared. Soundgarden broke up and only just reunited like over a decade later. But Pearl Jam is like one of those, is like the band from the 90s that found a new success in the 2000s. And like, like, I mean, one thing I remembered very clearly was there was that tour that happened in the fall of 2004, which was promoting John Kerry for president and also, um, but more importantly, it was just the whole getting Bush out of office, which obviously didn't happen since Bush won re-election. And that tour, which had different bands and different things, ended with this one concert in Washington, D.C., where each of these major artists played a set of their songs. The thing that was interesting about Pearl Jam that night was they did not play a single one of their singles that at that show. Wow. And it was some, it was like there there was no Alive, there was no Daughter, there was no Better Man, there was no Corduroy, there was there were no singles, there were no hits on that set. And it showed that they can do that. And I'll tell you something, I'm someone who, Pearl Jam was my favorite band in high school. And I've seen them in concert a few times. And and it, it, it's certainly interesting just seeing, like, like they're now, they're now all celebrating their 20th anniversary. And they released this PJ20 um, album and this documentary about where you can go taking the old and the new to exist because sometimes you'll, there's a band, you'll remember them. They're, they're a band from the 70s. They're a band from the 80s. They're a band from the 90s. I mean, you have a band like the Rolling Stones. Like, yeah, they were around in the 60s and the 70s, but they're not a band from the 60s or 70s. They're the Rolling Stones. Right. Right. They're, they're like the Rolling Stones of alternative rock, I would say. They made it through all of the uh, turmoil. So they kind of remind me of their concept because they're still around, Paul Jam. And yes. It's amazing. Yes, and, and they're a band, too, I would definitely like to see again next time they tour. Like, they're they're, they're like a different kind of band because the thing with them is they don't tour every year. There are certain bands they tour every single year because that's what they do. Like, Dave Matthews' band is an example of a band where – this year they actually took the summer off from touring, but they're, I mean, they actually did these four festivals around the country this year. But usually they're a band that plays 150 nights a year, and this year they're playing 12. Okay. But Pearl Jam is someone they can take two, three, four years off and then come back. And in fact, 
In fact, the line of a Pearl Jam has basically stayed the same since the beginning, with the exception of the drummer. They've actually gone through three drummers. And their current drummer is Matt Cameron, who is also the drummer from Soundgarden. So, so Soundgarden's got went on their first tour since they this summer since they broke up in 1997, and it means that when Soundgarden goes on tour, it means Pearl Jam can't go on tour. Wow. <laughs> But it's interesting. Like I remember, like I, I have a friend who was a drummer in a Stone Temple Pilots cover band, and mm-hmm. there was this one night where they were there was a Pearl Jam cover band and a Soundgarden cover band. And I said, "Oh, so do they have the same drummer?" It's <laughs> just work overtime. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So Jay, this beautiful day here. Do we? I can see, like, we're starting to run out. Like, like my question to you, Jay, is do you have any final thoughts before I ask you a very obvious question? Um, I don't have any final thoughts for today. Um, I just wish everybody a wonderful day today and enjoy today because do everything now because you never know about tomorrow. So if you have anything you want to do, don't save it or save it, save it up. Go out and enjoy yourself because, uh, I'm not here yet, but today is. Absolutely. It's a beautiful day here in New York. You said it's a sun, it's still summer. It's still bright out in the, all around this country, all around this world. And just remember something, that we are alive today. And let's live today. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But today is today. So let's listen to some music and have some fun. So, Jay. What is your treasure.net? Uh, today is watching one of my parents walk in, up and down the steps. So I got to see my mom walk up and down a couple of steps, and I just told that little thing, just made my day. That's my treasure for the day. Um, they said that she wasn't going to walk again, and she's walking, and that's uh, so they were long, and uh, I'm happy to see that. That's my treasure. Excellent. Well, my treasure today is that the sun is out. Like, the last few days here have been very just dark and gloomy. And I've been focused on really figuring out, okay, what's next in the future? What what can I do in my life? What can I create in my life? And I'm just like, fall used to be one of my least favorite times of the year because I had to go back to school. But over time, it is funny how when you get older, things change. Fall is not my favorite holiday, I mean, favorite season, because it's just the foliage, and just you got Halloween, and you've got, you've just got a lot of life going on. I mean, that's everything's dying, and, and it's like, like life begins. Like, the school year begins, and everything's like cyclical in that way, where, there's really always a, like it's a weird thing it's like you've got the new year where you've got your new year's resolutions but autumn is a time where it's really it's time it's really like everything is new so right. so, so Jay I hope you enjoy this, the newness of today and I hope that you have a great week our next show is going to be at the same time 
next Thursday. It's going to be at 3 p.m. on the East Coast, 12 noon on the West Coast. And if you live somewhere else, figure it out. (laughs) All right, Jay, thank you. It's been a great day. Thank you for just joining everyone here today here on Parents Kids Music. Thank you, Ann, and uh, congratulations to Pop Life, and uh, we're going to see what we're going to do next week. Yay, Pop Life. (laughs) All right, right, everyone, we will hear you next week. Thank you.